Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And we are back with Truth Seeker, a Christian mystic musician, Amazon best-selling author, and his new book is Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, Spirits, and the Sovereignty of God, with a foreword by Jordan Maxwell. So at the age of four, you began your journey into high strangeness and encounter with shadow people. And uh, shadow people, I mean, an interesting an interesting uh, phenomenon because it really runs the gamut. I mean, we, we find shadow people in uh, Islamic mythology, you know, uh, an association with the jinn, uh, in Native American culture. I think it's the Choctaw Indians that, uh, that uh, talked about shadow people. Some people think that there's a connection between shadow people and aliens. Um, after, you know, all of these years, Truth Seek, any, any closer to figuring out what they might be? Yes, and speaking with so many people uh, through my podcast and, and reading so many books and people who have devoted their lives to this one subject and um, just kind of connecting the dots there, it seems like that they come to mark people who are supposed to do something big in life, somebody who is supposed to do something to deal with spirituality, it seems like. Most of the people that you talk to, they are someone who ended up having a life that was really hard, but in the end, end up triumphing for the light, and they have an empathy, they have a compassion to help people with spiritual matters. They call themselves light workers or uh, mystics and shamans and healer, healers and medicine people, and they are usually the ones who are able to see into that realm. See, uh, there's a lot of instances where uh, people will be able to see them when other people can't. So it's something where people are being marked, but then they go on to do great exploits. So I think it has something to do with that, with, with someone being marked. And I don't necessarily believe that it has to be something negative or something demonic or evil or nefarious just because you're scared, right? I, I talked about being scared at a, at a young age, and, and many people are when they have this encounter. But when you read throughout the scriptures and many of the, the other texts, when they was approached by a divine being, no matter how scary or grotesque or their energy felt, a lot of times they were in fear, they were in terror being in the presence of another life form. So I, I think just because it, it seems scary or they look scary or something like that doesn't mean that it's nefarious or it has an evil agenda. So you were marked uh, at an early age, at the age of four. You describe sort of your, your journey through the supernatural as kind of like a, this navigating a video game. Uh, and you get, you know, you, you have one level and then you, uh, you know, you, you, you win, I guess, or you, you succeed, uh, in that level and then you get to the next level. So what was the next, the next challenge in this supernatural, I don't know, video game, if you will? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great way to put it. Uh, we talk about simulations and things like that, but I, I really believe that the earth is a school that the earth is a training ground. You know, many Christians would say you either go to heaven or hell, right? Depending on the life that you live. But I think that there's more roles. There's more uh, layers of heaven. There's believe that there's seven layers of heaven, but also seven layers of darkness as well. So this, this earth being a, a sorting place, much like Hogwarts has, it has this sorting place, a sorting hat of which, which uh, sect that you belong to. So um, with that, there's teachers, there, there's other students, there's peers, and some of these teachers are hard on us, right? 
So I think that that's where a lot of these demons come in or the lower level entities that we'll call them, but they just have tough love and they have a role in, in things that, that they're here to teach and to uh, show us to see if we'll graduate to the next level. So for me, um, I started off taking a, several steps backward because I, when I got into spirituality, it was as an adolescent, it was a teenager. I obviously was into this stuff early on and ended up getting my hands on some occult material and meeting a warlock. And I was in gang activity, drinking and robbing people and, and a lifestyle that wasn't conducive to spirituality. So I took several steps backward um, and started getting involved with the dark arts as a adolescence, as a teenager. Wow. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Were you involved in black magic? Were you casting spells, curses? Yeah, it was a little bit of all of it. Um, just because I knew that something existed on the other side. I had been a Christian a few years before that uh, as a teenager as well. And so I knew that there was light and darkness there, but I understood that uh, the dark, the dark side was was more fun. The dark side was easier. It had easier access to to get my hands on as this life that I was living to be able to do whatever it was that I wanted to, and still dabble in the mystery. So yeah, I would do all of it. You know, every book that we could to see which one was real, whether it was the Necronomicon, the Satanic Bible, uh, Wicca, uh, whatever we could get our hands on to do these spells and enchantments and rituals, honestly, for me to try to make contact, to try to make contact with entities on the other side. I did a bunch of them. I was taught by um, an older warlock and uh, did all those rituals and none of them really worked. And this was months and, and tons of books and none of them really worked until they all seemed to work at the same time. And uh, as a teenager, open up this portal in my mind and demons would pull me in and out of trances and speak to me in foreign languages, but it was at their will. I couldn't turn it off or on. I couldn't understand what they were saying. It was colors and shapes and sounds, and they would speak to me through other people. And it was zero to a hundred. It was either off or on. There was no gradients in between and, and it tormented me. Uh, and I, I went through that as a teenager. Were people around you concerned? Did they think that you were possessed? Definitely. Um, but it was one of those things where, you know, I had ended up moving to a, another city with just me and my girlfriend. And we really just stayed in our uh, in our home and did rituals all day, witchcraft rituals. And the friends that we had weren't to be trusted, right? The, the lifestyle that we were living, these were people that would rob you. They would, you know, do they would you know, they wasn't good people to be around. So um, we tried to make friends with the spirits. And so, um, yeah, we, we, you know, pe people, you know, had given up on us, you know, me and my girlfriend and just kind of looked at us as lepers or has been stay away from those people because they play with the devil and those things. And so even the light workers or the Christians at the time, they kind of give up on you. And so it was just, me and my girlfriend at, at at the time, and so yeah, it was it was it was a rough uh, a couple of months for us when when all of this stuff got real, coughing up blood, um, hearing voices, seeing shadows running through the house, um, just heightened sense of spirituality and ESP, but it was all negative. Again, I said I took a couple steps back when I started, so if we start out as neutral, I took maybe three or four steps into the dark side. 
and ended up seeing what spirituality was like on that side of existence. And, uh, and I bit off more than I can chew for sure. I ended up entering a realm that I wasn't uh, supposed to be in. I cheated my way to get there and, and by nefarious means and didn't have that lifestyle that was conducive with integrity and love and the higher nature that is required to really tap into the spiritual mysteries. Can you describe one of these entities that you had an encounter with? Mm. So the warlock that would teach us back in the day, um, I ended up stealing from a bunch of my friends and stealing from the warlock. And I had my belongings across the street in someone's uh, house. And we were at a party at the warlock's house and we're sitting there. uh, There's about 40, 50 people there. I'm sitting in the living room with my cousin. Someone walks in the trailer that we're in with the warlock and it's all these older guys there. I'd never seen them before. They're all wearing black and trench coats and older guys with a bunch of teenagers partying. And they're just sitting there on the couch and I'm sitting there with them. And my friend walks in with the video game that I stole from the warlock and he walks in and he hands it to the warlock right in front of me. And he shakes his head. Yes. And they get up one at a time and they walk to the back of the trailer. And since they were involved in gang activity, I told my cut, we got to go. We're going to get tied up. We're going to get jumped. This isn't going to be good. We stole from these people. We got to go. We end up leaving, going down the street, trying to find a place to stay for the night. We're going to stay in my girlfriend's treehouse. We're waiting for the sun to go down. And so we can run to her treehouse without her parents seeing me. I was 14 when all this was taking place. And we go around the side of the tree line and we get ready to make a beeline to the tree, the treehouse to spend the night. And in this open field, out of nowhere, this huge entity, about eight foot tall, it looked like a camel, an eight foot tall camel made out of the blackest and darkest of night, runs by me and my cousin, screams, knocks us both down to the ground and vanishes when it goes past us. And a lot of people, when you have an encounter like that, you'll say, okay, this is real. I'm not messing with it. I'm not going any further. But for me, it's like, okay, no, this is real. I want to learn how to summon an entity like that on my enemies or for people who stole from me. So that's when I ended up going deeper into the occult. And uh, because I had that encounter, it was a staple, but uh, ended up biting off more than I can chew. Well, what what finally turned it around for you when uh, when you decided rather than, you know, to pursue darkness, to, pr- to pursue light? I had been a Christian a few years before. I was asked to uh, come to a, a church service. I never wanted to go. Um, I was asked to come to prayer meetings. Didn't have no uh, interest in that. But a friend of mine said, listen, come to this prayer meeting. There's going to be a prophet there. And I said, well, what's a prophet? He said, well, a prophet's kind of like a Christian psychic. And for me, I was like, this sounds interesting for sure. I'm going to come to this. So I went there to this prayer meeting, and I'm in this in this apartment, small apartment with all these people gathered and they have this beautiful ambient worship music on and, and their eyes are closed and their hands are lifted and they're like in a different realm. They're singing, they're crying, there's a peace in the atmosphere. And I saw something that I, that I, I wanted. I wanted that peace that these people possessed. And uh, one of the gentlemen came and sat down on the couch next to me and asked me if I wanted to ask Jesus to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. And I said, yeah, like, I don't want him to not forgive me or I would love forgiveness for the things that I've done. And he leads me in this prayer. And when I 
ask him to come in and forgive me and acknowledge the the work that he did on the cross, uh, this immense fire came into my body and it went throughout my entire being and burned out all of the bad that I had ever done, all of the, the lies I told, the things that, that were done in secret that I was ashamed of. And I just began to, to, to weep and burn with a fervent heat and shake uncontrollably and cry. And it was the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was a life-changing encounter um, that only lasted for a couple months. And I ended up moving away and getting into school and getting back deep into witchcraft after having that beautiful encounter, you know, a couple years removed now, it was two years later that now I find myself at the bottom of the barrel in witchcraft and demons speaking to me and I can't look nobody in the eyes and I can't order food at McDonald's. I got to whisper in my girlfriend's ear when I want to tell her what I want to eat. And it was the darkest psychosis and I knew that I was losing my mind. I was going to have to be put on medication and put in a straitjacket if I tried to get help. And so that's when I remembered that prayer meeting. That's when I remembered that peace and that fire that I experienced a few years before and I needed it more than ever in my life. And so I I hit rock bottom and asked my girlfriend to, to pray with me after having uh, a spell one night and just, uh, you know, crazy stuff going on in my head. She prayed with me. I woke up the next day and just threw everything away, all of my idols, statues, music, posters, clothes, just everything in the in the house. I threw it away. I was like, I got to cut ties with these entities. I got to give my life back to God. And that was in September of 2000. And uh, were they ready to let you go? Were they done with you? Mm. It was a long process for sure. For sure, it was a long process. There was There was instant peace. There was instant healing in many areas of my life, but the the journey of renewing my mind and retraining my mind, like I, I trained my mind to rob people. I trained my mind to, if I'm going to the neighbor's house to use the restroom, I'm going to unlock your window because when you leave to go to work, I'm coming through the window to rob you. And so your mind is trained like of years even since I was a kid of, of your mind operating of like that, it, it was, it was years to, to renew my mind. Again, there was so much that happened instantly, but I, I would have spells where, um, where I would find um, peace and I would make a decision. Something would be revealed to me that I needed to let go of or needed to stop doing because these entities still had, legal ground to be in my life. And when I would take a step in that direction, they would have pushback. They would attack me in my dreams. There was one night where I was sleeping on the couch and um, I felt an entity reach into my head and grab my brain while I was asleep. And I started choking in the middle of my, in the middle of my sleep and I couldn't think. And it was just like this weird experience and I woke up screaming in tongues and praying to put on the full armor of God. So it was a long process, Richard. It was, it was very scary. And I, I honestly, I'm, I'm very grateful to be alive today. So you were engaged in full on spiritual warfare at this point. Are you still, are you still having to, to fight them off? Because, uh, you know, now that you're sort of a worker in the light, don't you attract even more of that? Yeah, a lot of this operates out of identity. It's about knowing who you are and knowing the rules of engagement, universal law, and it's to not give such entities legal ground to be in your life. 
don't play with Ouija boards. Don't don't do a meditation that opens up for any spirit in the town to come in and speak with you. You know, there's there's rules of engagement to this. And so as a, as a teen, I didn't know any of it. I just wanted to know that this was real. So I went in head first. So, yeah, there's there's definitely boundaries, I would say. You know, I do have, have to walk a, a life that's conducive with integrity, with love and and keeping clean hands and a pure heart. And, and for me, that's the plumb line. Um, so I believe that if I do that, that these types of entities uh, won't get access to my mind, won't get access to my body or to my family. And so that's the plumb line for me to to build on top of that foundation, that foundation of Christ, life, love, abundance. So the warfare has changed over the years. It's come out of an integrity and knowing who I am and knowing what I can and cannot do. And, and I think we grow in that. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.